Hey, uh, hey Joker, uh, you got any question for this episode? Actually, this time I do. So, if you could, as a Jedi or Seth, focus either on your lightsaber combat or your force abilities, which would you choose? Oh, that, that's always been a big battle in my brain. Because uh, I do love the lightsaber. I do think it's cool, but ooh, a duelist is no match for somebody who's who's trained in who's superior in the Force. We saw or, with Darth Maul. Or vice versa. Because when you think about it, the Obi-Wan-Anakin fight, Obi-Wan was a duelist, but Anakin was a Force user. So no, that doesn't always really come into it. <laughs> I think I'd want to get be more powerful in the Force. I know I'd definitely do that because you know I'd take advantage of having the Force abilities. Oh, entirely, completely. I would become corrupt especially, immediately. Especially much like Obi Wan, I would use the heck out of mind trick. <laughs> oh yeah, I'd mostly use it to avoid awkward situations. I'd abuse the heck out of that. Oh yeah, out of any situation. <laughs> I was never here. <laughs> Okay, so uh, if you uh, like this week's episode, give us a like, subscription, and even share it with a friend. Do it. Do it. So, okay, so this week's character is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hello there. <laughs> that's, that's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Born in 57 BBY, died in 0 BBY, Aboard the Death Star. Place of birth, Stujan. Stujan. So, a fun fact about that, the name of his home world was actually coined by George Lucas at the Celebration 5 convention. A comedian and talk show host, John Stewart, interviewed Lucas, and he had asked for the name of Kenobi's home planet. Lucas would jokingly reply that it was Stujan, a play on Stewart's name. <laughs> That's the only reason he's got a home planet. Huh. Otherwise, it'd probably be like Coruscant or something common. Yeah. Okay. That's, actually, that's a fun little fact. Okay. Well, let's get into this. Okay. We got early life. Training begins. As a Force-sensitive individual, he would be taken to the Jedi Temple on Coruscant to be trained as a Jedi... So that's supposed to be space. Oh, okay, cool. I was like, I legitimately thought it was a Star Wars <laughs> no, word. No. Okay. Okay, uh, so he would be taken to the um, to be trained as a Jedi within the first six months of his life. Kenobi received basic initial training alongside his peers in the Jedi Order's temple and began training in several simple force techniques by the age of three. Okay, a fairly... Standard start for any every, any and every Jedi, really. Yep, because, you know, the Jedi, they like to steal you early. Oh, yeah. So, Kenobi would study in the ways of the Force and Jedi traditions under Grandmaster Yoda, eventually coming to respect him and the Jedi Council greatly. Okay, he would also receive instructions in the art of lightsaber combat for Ma uh, Jedi Master Sin Drolig in basic lightsaber forms and technique. Which was pretty common because uh, Jalik was their, I don't remember the exact word, but he was their, he was basically the sword master. Okay. 
Um, so at some point, he would also, uh, before being selected as a Padawan, Kenobi would attend a class centered around meditation. So a lot of the younger stuff, it's just that general, kind of like a general education kind of class. Which makes sense in that, like, you got to figure out where the where the little Padawans are going to be more yep. like, skilled and focused in. And now you got to start out by just being like, okay, we're going to throw a lot of things at you and we're going to see what sticks. Pretty much. So, unlike how he acted as he got older, Kenobi, during his days as a youngling, gained a reputation for breaking rules and having a rebellious nature, resulting in very few masters who were willing to train the boy as their Padawan. Which... Yeah, you'd never think of that when you see him in the movies, that he was a little rebellious teenager. Yeah, no. He was like the complete opposite of what you see in the movies. I'm curious to see see how they broke that of him. To curb uh, Kenobi's behavior, Yoda searched for a teacher for Kenobi that had unorthodox methods, uh, which would mold the student into rebelling by being dutiful. Ooh. Ah, reverse psychology. Basically, yeah. I leave it to Yoda to use reverse psychology, considering he talks in reverse. (laughs) So fitting. Right? (laughs) So around 45 BBY, Jedi Master Qui-Gon Jinn chose Kenobi as his Padawan. Uh, Padawan learner when he was 12 years old. So he he adopted, he basically took it, took him in as his Padawan at 12. Yep. Which is pretty common, but in legends. So fun fact with Kenobi and Jen in legends, Jen actually wouldn't choose Kenobi at first. And because he wasn't chosen in time, because you have to be chosen before you turn 13. Oh. Or you get sent to the various different cores in the Jedi to help with other ways. So, like, um, Kenobi would be sent to the Agricultural Corps, where they would use the Force to help, you know, basically feed the Jedi Order. Oh, okay. um, And he, so he would end up going there, but Jin would end up having a mission that went to happen to be the same planet, and that'd be the, where the two end up actually becoming Master and Apprentice. Oh, that's kind of cool. So it's a lot more complicated in Legends. Which is fun. I, I really wish they had kept some of that, some of the legends. I really did, did too. I was hoping they would have. Because, like, there's nothing in that story minus what led Jen to the planet, really, that would contradict with the current canon. Yeah, so, Disney. Oh, don't come for us. I'm sorry, my overlords. <laughs> okay, so... In their first months together, Jin attempted to adapt his teaching methods to suit Kenobi's strength, but felt he failed to do so adequately. At some point during his training, Kenobi constructed his first lightsaber, modeled after Jin's lightsaber, Hilt's uh, hilt style, and his own personality. Which, that's how lightsabers are kind of formed, is your own personality throwing it into the creation. Yeah. But cool that he kind of, like, you know, shows homage to his master. Yeah. So as the pair struggled to establish a workable affinity, the master continued to train his Padawan in the basic cadences of lightsaber combat, preventing him from picking a speciality. Uh, Jin was proud of his apprentice's skills and sparred with him training sessions while at the temple between missions. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, so in their lessons, Jin taught Kenobi there was a strength and nobility in restraint. As time passed, Kenobi's demeanor shifted to become more serious and respectful of the council, in contrast to Jin's usual way of approaching situations based on his instincts in the present. 
anybody who's listened to uh, the episode we did on Qui-Gon Jinn will know exactly what we're talking about. Yep, and you see a lot of this in the first, in episode one, especially early in the movie. You see where their their personalities constantly clash with each other. Yeah, which is interesting that they lasted that long in that, especially because anybody, once again, listened to the Qui-Gon Jinn episode, there was clearly something going on, which I was told by my co-host we would be finding out in this episode. I don't know, we just kind of learned more about their relationship. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on. So, around 42 BBY, Kenobi and Jin would spend a year on the planet Mandalore, protecting Duchess Satine Kreese. Oh. Uh, this mission forced them to work and fight together as a team, resulting in them uh, forging a close bond. So, this is kind of where they ended up kind of melding better together. Okay. Because they're kind of forced to. <laughs> Also, I just, uh, the Satine arc. Yeah. The romance that never was. So Kenobi fell in love with Satine during his stay on Mandalore. But despite his feelings towards her, he continued with his training and was resigned to another, or reassigned to another mission after his objectives were complete. Kenobi regretted leaving her, but ultimately followed the Jedi code he had sworn to live by. I love, I love romance, man. I love. I I will admit, derail loves some romance. Yeah, and similar to what we see with Kenobi and Skywalker, where Kenobi didn't really halt or stop Skywalker from his. Yeah, Qui Gon didn't really stop Obi Wan either because he had his own romances. Like it was just unfortunately a mad like a, a trickle down of we're not gonna stop you from what you're not supposed to be doing like we should yeah i noticed that a few times so before and during the events of episode one kenobi would use the same uh, lightsaber style uh his master used being the form for ataru it wouldn't be until after his master's death that he would change from to his signature form three sarisu during his life he would become regarded as the master of uh sarisu but would also become proficient in Jarkai. Is that what I'm Jarkai. Uh, the form of using two sabers, which he would use to hold his own against Maul and his brother during the Clone Wars. It's one of those like, ah, that, yep. Because yep. I've, I've seen a, on rare occasions where he's used two. Yeah, he, he did. That was kind of his next best one from what I remember reading about him and just learning over the years. Like... Obviously, as we see through episode three, he becomes the master of form three. Oh, yeah. But form four and then the Jarkai, or Jarkai style, like he's fairly proficient with those. But a big part of why he changed his style at the beginning after his master died was he saw the aggressiveness that ended up getting his master killed. Mm. And he it, cha- it, messed, it changed his mentality enough. He's like, no, I'm going to be defensive from now on. Which made, which honestly made him like extremely dangerous to a oh, lot God, of, yeah. to like his opponents. Uh, so post episode one, let's get into it. So following the end of Battle of Naboo, Kenobi would be promoted to the rank of Jedi Knight by the Council because of him defeating the first Sith Lord in a thousand years. So he completely skipped the entirety of the Jedi Trials because of that. So it's almost like that kid. Kid, everybody knew in high school who just dropped out and took and took their uh, got their GED. Yeah, it was just like like sophomore year. They're like, you know what? Forget this. I'm done. I'm <laughs> yep. <laughs> Kenobi just basically came in, 
whoop. And they're like, you know what? You don't need to go through the trials. You, you clearly, you, you got this. <laughs> Cause yeah, they kind of looked at it as you single handedly took out an ancient enemy that is returned, but you did it by yourself because, and on top of that, this enemy killed your master who is obviously far more proficient than you. Yeah. So, so. I was like, they definitely felt he deserved to be bumped up. Fair and impressive. So during his first year as Skywalker, uh, Skywalker's master, he sometimes woke up at night to see his Padawan was sleeping on the floor next to his bed. He realized Skywalker, having lost both his mother and Jin, was clinging onto him. Des- uh, des- desperate to ensure his new master did not vanish one night. Which given... What that kid went through. I'm not surprised. Same. Like, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Uh, Skywalker could build, uh, would build his first lightsaber after its construction. Kenobi said to him, Anakin, this weapon is your life. As we see a few times in the movies. Yep. But he never really gets rid of that sentiment. <laughs> and uh, I love how in the Clone Wars series, Anakin tries to do that to basically Ahsoka. Being like, this is your life. It's like, how many have you lost? Right. Like, you know, we're not going to count that. How many have you lost or been destroyed, Anakin? Okay. So in, in uh, 29 BBY, Skywalker sought to imprison his peers yeah, at the Jets. That makes a lot more sense. I was like, wow, we're going with we're going with a betrayal arc? I didn't see that coming. Okay. Not so yet. so in two thousand or in <laughs> Okay. So in twenty nine BBY, Skywalker sought to to impress his peers at the Jedi Temple, not in prison. During the training session, he defeated a training droid which he had programmed to mimic the appearance of the, of the Sith of Naboo. All the while, Mace Windu, Kenobi, and Supreme Chancellor Sheev Palpatine watched, the later of the whom was impressed. So after a trip Skywalker took with Palpatine, he confided in Kenobi that he wished to leave the Order, feeling uncomfortable at the prospect of his entire life being decided when he was only nine years old, and surrendered his lightsaber to his master. Though Kenobi took the weapon, he pleaded with Skywalker to reconsider. So it was kind of nice, though, reading or finding that and knowing that Skywalker kind of wanted to leave way before the Clone Wars ever came around. Also, if I may say, completely valid reason. Oh, yeah. Like, because, yeah, it's insane what they do. And that just grabbing a child and just being like, your life is decided now. Yep. And the kid's just like... Dad, dad. <laughs> well, it's worse for him because he knew a life outside of the Order where most Jedi don't. Oh, God, yeah. And that's why, that was a big reason why the Council didn't even want him trained. I remember that. Oh, I forgot about because that. Because he has, he has knowledge of what life's like outside. He has other, he has other connections and other things he doesn't want to lose. Where most of the Jedi who were brought in less than a year old don't. That's why the Amish lose so many every year. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> Keep that in there. They don't have access to the <laughs> Kenobi later confided to Yoda about Skywalker's thoughts about leaving the Jedi Order and that he himself thought he had failed Skywalker, despite doing the best he could to teach him. That Skywalker belonged with the Jedi Order and that he was too young not to be out on, or he was too, 
too young not to not oh, ready. Oh yeah, he was too young and not ready to be out on his own. And the Yoda would confirm uh, that Kenobi himself was also still too young as well, and and that Skywalker was still a child, and that it was natural for him to have questions. Yoda then asked Kenobi if uh, if Kenobi would be breaking his vow to Qui Gon Jinn by allowing Skywalker to leave. But Kenobi asserted that he would still train Skywalker in the Force in, the, in case the dark side found him. Which, you know, smart. <laughs> Gotta prep that oh, kid. Yeah. So Yoda reminded Kenobi that Jedi training was exclusive to the Jedi Order, to which Kenobi responded that if Skywalker left, so would he. Who? He was dedicated to following his master's last words. Damn, right? apparently. <laughs> which is... Respectable. Right. Honorable. But it's also kind of interesting, as we've also already learned with the whole mission with Satine and Mandalore, Kenobi's had a lot of moments where he's considered leaving. Yeah. Which is weird to think about when you see him in the movies. He is that staunt Jedi that you would never think had the thoughts. Right. But it does humanize him. Exactly. Which Which is nice. Which is, yeah, I do enjoy about it. So the Clone Wars now. Getting into modern era. So, we probably should have put this note at the beginning of the episode, but there is a lot from this section forward that is cut out. Because go watch the show. Because there is so... He is so pivotal, so pivotal, and in so many events in Star Wars, there's no way. It'd be like a three-hour episode if we covered everything. Oh, yeah. And honestly, it uh, it's on. It's laid out in an amazing show that I think is worth a watch. So you want to know it? Go watch that amazing show. Oh, yeah. So during the early years of the Clone Wars, Kenobi would rise to the rank of Jedi Master as Skywalker would be given the rank of Knight for the war. Which makes sense, and that definitely a lot of moments to gain that. Because during the war, a lot of a lot of Padawans would skip the trial and be given that rank to give them the freedom they needed to, honestly, for the freedom that the Jedi needed to have more troops. And let's be honest, the horrors of war, that's a test in and of itself. Oh, yeah. So Kenobi would be placed in command of the 7th Sky Corps, which, would include, uh, which included the... 212 uh, 212th attack battalion which he often led personally and he would have clone marshal commander cody as his second which you see a lot of their relationship bud in the cartoon oh yeah it was real fun to watch him <laughs> uh, for his diplomatic skills he became known as the negotiator a <laughs> title which was mirrored by his name of his flagship a venator class star star destroyer negotiator i just just knowing, like, uh, just knowing about like mob history and stuff, like that, just has such a harsh connotation in the real right. world. Like, I, it totally makes sense for his character to yep. have that. But you hear like they're saying the negotiator, "What is he gonna break my legs or something?" Like, <laughs> yep. Then this guy walks in, and you're like, "Oh, I'm not scared anymore." Uh, shortly after the Battle of Geonosis, Kenobi was sent to an unidentified rocky planet alongside his Padawan and Commander Cody to destroy the Separatist forces. Kenobi was dismayed by how much Skywalker seemed to enjoy combat and asked how his apprentice found enjoyment in their combat. I remember yeah. that. And, and didn't really give an answer in the uh, wiki on what that answer really was. But yeah, he, he did not like how much his apprentice seemed to enjoy 
being in the situations. Which I feel, yeah, that's a bit of a red flag in the Jedi Order with that. Yep. So, the next couple of pieces, we kind of... Kind of goes in more detail what we talked about earlier. So, feeling the Jedi needed more generals, he would resolve to suggest that the Jedi Council that Skywalker take the trials after watching him in combat. He amused that it was a move that would allow them to work together, but also afforded the younger man the freedoms of a higher rank along with his own command. Uh, Skywalker's time as a Padawan ended as he was risen to the rank of Jedi Knight for the war not long after. As a result, Kenobi was promoted to Jedi Master after his apprentice's uh, knighting. Which kind of, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. And, and yeah, no, Skywalker ended up being given like the perfect unit for his mentality. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So during the early days of the war, Kenobi was made the member of Jedi High Council uh, following the severe injury of uh, Balipa during the battle that left her in comatose. Okay. That. That's that's rough, buddy. So Master Kenobi would uh, would during the four years of the Clone War take place in some of the largest battles to dozens of small battles, including Ryloth on multiple occasions, or Orto Pluto. Plut- I apologize to all the Star Wars nerds out there that I'm also part of that community, but I am going to butcher a few of these. So Orto Plutani. Uh, the planet that the moon of Pantora orbits, a operation of Naboo, a second battle of Geonosis, Mandalore, a defense of Camino, a prisoner rescue in the Citadel, which included at the time Captain Tarkin, and um, Umbara, and the battle of Coruscant. My God, that's a lot of just... And that was just the better known ones oh. like i said he was in so much of the clone wars a lot a lot to get through for me yeah so later in the war following maul's takeover of mandalore kenobi would be summoned to meet with yoda and kiare munde uh, the two would show him a transmission that had been sent by satine Kreese from mandalore in the message she stated that her government had been overthrown and kenobi noticed the super commando surrounding his friend wanting to go to mandalore to help her Go save your love. <laughs> so Yoda and uh, Mundi express reluctance to take part in the internal affairs of Mandalore without sen- uh, Senate approval, despite Kenobi's protest. Kenobi would choose to go to Man- Mandalore anyway, borrowing the Twilight Vessel with Skywalker's blessing. Because <laughs> of... I remember that because yeah, he got yeah. because who else would would promote his like shenanigans in this case? But like Anakin, like oh yeah, like I could see him going Anakin, and he's like, hey, I hey Anakin, I'd like to talk to you about something. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. <laughs> mm, okay, we'll handle that later. Uh, right. I need your help doing something bad. Oh, <laughs> kind of like the the episode with Yoda. Oh he yeah, ask Howard to help him break out. Yeah. Like, wait, what? <laughs> They all come to Anakin's because they're like, you do this stuff all the time. You're kind of an expert. So after arriving on Mandalore and being captured himself, later in the palace mall, realizing Kenobi's feelings for Satine, decided to execute her with uh, Kenobi watching, hoping that he would feel the same pain Maul did when he was forced to live in exile after Naboo. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Maul's back, baby. (laughs) 
So I guess kind of a fun fact. I still question if it was intentional on naming Satine Satine because of the notion of Moulin Rouge with Ewan McGregor. It's been brought up a lot. It's a big fan theory, but we... Like, there's nothing that's ever confirmed it, but I just love that theory because it fits so well. It's perfect like, like to it's me. It's an homage to the live-action Obi-Wan I mean, in the cartoon. Especially after what happened there. Oh, yeah. Like, like my God, could we have played it out? Could we have put it more on the nose? Right. <laughs> and I swear, watching that episode, it's like watching Dragonheart. It oh, always hits me. Same, same. So Maul again attempted to sway Kenobi to the dark side, but the Jedi Master refused. Kenobi instead tried to talk to Maul about his own past, hoping he would choose the light side after being forced into the dark side. Angered by the uh, comment and Kenobi's other statements, sass, Master of Sass, (laughs) uh, the commandos forced Kenobi to his knees, Maul let Satine go briefly, but stabbed her with the Darksaber. She would ultimately die in Kenobi's arms, saying with her last breath that she always loved him and always would. Ah, just, ah god damn it, that scene gets me, gets me too. Every time. Like, J- just talking about it gave me chills. Oh, man. <laughs> Such a good, like we keep saying, watch the Clone Wars cartoon series. It's amazing. For, so, for something that was supposed to be originally made for kids, it got really dark and oh. real. Oh, my God. Those last few seasons got so dark, <laughs> which I loved. So, Satine's sister, Bo-Katan, and her renegade Night Owls team would intercept Kenobi as he's being transferred to the prison area. Uh, Katan would free Kenobi and give him his lightsaber back, informing the Master that she was there to rescue him. Okay. Uh, as the conflict escalated, Kenobi made his way to his ship and was told by Bo-Katan to warn the Republic of what had happened. Kenobi would tell her that it would lead to an invasion of Mandalore, but she said that Maul's death would be worth it and that they would survive. Because man, that's what Mandalorians do. They survive. I mean, come on. They, they ruined their own plan and they're still there. Yeah. <laughs> so Kenobi, before leaving, would ask Bo-Katan if Satine was her sister and apologize for her loss. Oh, God, I remember that scene, too. Yeah. Man, we are going... Honestly, ah. That whole episode We're was dr- just a lot of heart-wrenching moments. We're drudging up some emotions <laughs> here. So, returning to Coruscant, Kenobi reunited with Skywalker, who asked his former master what happened. Though his words came as a struggle, Kenobi admitted he had lost someone important to him. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and he would also reveal that he understood anger in a new way. And that he now knew how difficult it was not to give in to emotion. It can be, man. So, it's unfortunate one of those that you kind of have to go through it to truly understand how hard it can be. Yeah, it's not an easy one. So towards the end of the war, with uh, permission of Master Yoda, Kenobi and Skywalker would work with Zaj Ventress to rescue uh, Quinlan Voss. Voss had been captured by Count Dooku, who had broken him and, him and was able to make him his apprentice. Oh, I actually did not know that. Yep, at one point, there was... That's another character we'll have to do an episode on, because that whole moment with Voss turning to the dark side was actually very interesting. Sounds like it. And so a month later, he would also be present at Ventress's death before capturing Voss. 
along with Voss and Skywalker, Kenobi would accompany Vinch's body back to her home of Dathomir to be laid with her sisters. Aww. Because yeah, all the rest of that race got wiped out by Grievous. Yeah. I did I did always enjoy the flirtatious uh, right. sexual tension between Kenobi and Ventress. Which was always kind of interesting. <laughs> it was. It was a fun one. When Ventress saves him and just <laughs> slapping him like, like, get up. And that you're not going to let these people kill you. Right. <laughs> so, Age of the Empire. Dun, dun, dun. Because obviously, as we see in episode three, we know what happens after at the end of the Republic. Oh, yeah. So, you know, go watch the movie. <laughs> uh, so, Age of the Empire. Exile on Tatooine. When he developed, uh, when he delivered Luke to them, Kenobi stood at the door explaining what had happened and asked for their help. He did not tell them that Anakin had fallen to the dark side as Owen instead believed his stepbrother had been killed. Oh. So it was weird. I want to say it was during the Palpatine episode. We briefly talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. Kenobi didn't share that with a lot of people, because especially with family, because he knew that that could damage their thought of him more. Mm. And honestly, it's easier to let them think he just died than turned into a monster. No, fair, fair, valid. So Owen would agree to the task of raising Luke, though he told Kenobi to play no role in his upbringing, fearing the boy would end up following his father's footsteps. Owen did not want the Jedi Master to see or train Luke, so he told Kenobi to stay away and not speak to him, hoping that Luke would learn nothing of his father. Which is fair. <laughs> fair. Because as far as Owen knows, Kenobi led to his father's death. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he almost did. <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, kind of in the end there, he did teach. <laughs> he had a hand. Um, within the first year of the age of the Empire, Kenobi visited the grave of uh, Shmi, uh, Shmi, Shmi? Shimmy. Shimmy. Skywalker <laughs> Lars mother of Anakin, and spoke of how he was sad for what had happened to her once innocent and uh, young son. Promising young son. Which, yeah, I'd feel guilty too. Right, especially when you're kind of... You were there when he got taken as a kid. And you knew the promises that were made. Yeah, so it makes sense that you'd feel some responsibility for that. Yeah. So, during the early years of his exile, Kenobi began to meditate deeply on the Force. On one of these occasions, he began to experience visions of the past, causing the Force spirit of Qui-Gon Jinn to counsel him and let go of his attachments. Yeah, he, he, as we saw in the movie with Yoda bringing up his master learning how to commune with the, from the dead. Yeah. He's, he had a few visions and talks with... Uh, Qui-Gon during his time on Tatooine. I'm honestly pretty excited to see if they bring that into the show. I really hope they do. Same. To conceal his identity, he would once again use the allies of uh, Ben... Ken- uh, alias of Ben Kenobi, as he had done during the Clone Wars, and fortif- uh, fortif- forfeited... Forfeited. Oh, yeah. And forfeited use of his lightsaber for years. However, he struggled to repress his sense of duty as a Jedi. He would. I mean, it makes sense. (laughs) And that was the issue with a lot of Jedi. And that's what led to a lot of them being killed. (laughs) Because they couldn't give up that sense of duty and the need to protect the uh, citizens of the Republic. Or I guess now the citizens of the Empire, but... But the innocent. Yep. 
Which, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah, that's rough to go through. And this part was kind of something I never knew about. It was really kind of heartwarming to, I guess, fix some of the heart-wrenching we just did. <laughs> so he spent years battling monotony and inactivity and gained reputation being somewhat of an old hermit. While Kenobi stayed on Tatooine to watch over Luke, the adopted parents of his twin, Leia, would tell her numerous stories of the Jedi Master during her youth. Over time, Leia came to cherish the memories of Bail Organa's Clone Wars adventures with Kenobi, regarding them as exotic and hero- or exciting and heroic. Aw, that's cool. It was nice that at least one of the twins got to hear about Kenobi and knew about him. That is pretty awesome. And keeping his spirit his spirit and his legend alive. Yep. Also explains why she went looking for him with those plans. Exactly. So, some of the next parts may be legends. Yeah, so, the next couple pieces I've heard over the years, I don't know for sure which ones are still canon. I know at least one of them is legends. Okay. I don't know about all of them, though. Fair. Uh, so, during the early months of Tatooine, while in uh, canteen, uh, in a canteen. Cantina. That's cantina. supposed to be an A. Okay. Uh, in a cantina, Kenobi would hear a news report on the Imperial Hollow Station that a group of Jedi would be found annihilated on Kashyyyk, trying to stand up to the Empire. Uh, that's that's got to be rough to hear. Oh, yeah. And it just gets worse. Uh, so while listening to this Hollow uh, and thinking of his apprentice and how he was man- manipulated by Palpatine and how he left Skywalker on Mustafar, he would see an image on the Hollow of Vader and his first and first thought it was a costume, but when the report revealed the name was Lord Vader, he was paralyzed by dread and then panic. Oof. Yeah. So this would be the first time Kenobi would see Vader in his suit, and the first time he realized Vader didn't die on Mustafar, and would fear his and Yo's decision to bring Luke to Anakin's homeworld. He would be erased by his former master. Oh, yeah. He would be eased by his former master, telling him Vader couldn't and wouldn't come back to the planet in fear of reawakening his former life, which valid. Yeah. But yeah, like that was a big thing with um, Obi-Wan. He didn't actually know if Anakin died or not. The way he looked at it, he couldn't kill Anakin. So he decided to leave it up to the Force. And that's why he just walks away from Anakin's body on the on that bank. Which makes sense. So yeah. This, yeah, so this is the first time he realizes his apprentice didn't die. Because as far as he knew, he left him to die. That's got to be a... Oh, yeah. That's got to be terrifying. Oh, yeah. Life. And especially when you see him decimating a planet. Yeah. Because that was also the first time Vader would actually be shown to the public by Palpatine. Oh. So it all kind of rolled into a lot of firsts for everything. Okay. Dang. Yeah. So sometime during the exile, while watching over Luke, a Tusken Raider clan would steal moisture evaporators from Lars Homestead. Kenobi would vow to get them back. When he faced the clan, unlike his former apprentice, he had no intentions at first to kill the Tuscans and instead would cut away their robes, revealing their skin. This would cause the other Tuscans to turn on and kill their own. Because two Tuscans showing their skin would actually be one of the more disgraceful things they can do. Ah. Like they're very... They're almost like a... I want to say like religious zealots. Ah. Like they're very... It has to be 
of that planet. Like they are part of nature. I could see that with them. The like from things I've seen at the time. I like yep. the Tuscans. I do enjoy them. And I've enjoyed the recent shows that have showed the more humanizing factor to the Tuscans. They're yeah. not just mindless raiders. And that like you can make deals with them. They're just they are uh, they're con- uh, cognitive beings. Yep. But yeah, Kenobi would literally take his training and be like, "Okay, we're not going to do the thing I want to do. We're just going to cut away and, you know, kind of mess with them mentally." Fair. So after this fight, tales of a wizard uh, wizard traveled throughout the other tribes, and it was said that Lars Homestead was protected by said wizard. It was also during that fight that Kenobi would be pushed the closest to turning to the dark side before his training took over and choosing to cut the robes instead, as you talked about. <laughs> yeah, what I remember hearing about the story, like he was, he was on the brink of basically doing what Anakin did. And like just something snapped, and he went back to what he was supposed, what the Jedi taught him to do. Damn, our day. Like, like he he was he was so close. Oof. Glad he didn't. So this is the story that I know comes from canon. Is these next two pieces or not canon from Legends? So, but I wanted to add it because it was really cool and it was really interesting to think about. Fair. So at some point in the early years of his exile, he would venture out and stumbled onto a destroyed Tuscan camp. Uh, which would be the same that his former student Anakin had rampaged through before the Clone War. Wow. Yeah. Uh, here he would hear Qui-Gon's voice as his master revealed that this was in fact done by Anakin. When Kenobi asked why he never told him, Jin would reply that Kenobi just wasn't ready yet, though wouldn't say what he wasn't ready for. This would be the first time outside of Mortis that Jin would appear in ghost form to Kenobi. That's kind of cool. Right. <laughs> I mean, messed up situation. Yeah. But, but yeah, like Qui-Gon knew what was going on, as we talked about in his episode. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm guessing it was more of a uh, Obi-Wan just wasn't ready as, as a younger self. Yeah. To know the truth of what his apprentice did. And know how how or what to do with that. Exactly. Because Cryon uh, also did tell Kenobi that Anakin did tell a few others what he did. Being one being Padme. Yeah. Which, you know, why would you still want to be with a guy that just admitted to slaughtering women and children? Right. That, <laughs> that That's one of those, like, I... I always love the the image of like I uh, like quietly pushing the panic button under the table or something. <laughs> right. I'm just like, yeah. So then this is the point where literally everything else is what you see in the movies of Obi Wan. Like there's nothing really outside of it. Fair. Um, but so post mortem, uh, Kenobi's communion with Qui Gon would be successful as Kenobi did not vanish completely, uh, but instead became a force spirit at his death. As he did, he felt past, present, and future collide, seeing the eventual death of Solo on Starkiller base and his apprentice's self-imposed exile in Octu. So he would you see all the way into the new movie's timeline. <laughs> and obviously everything in the past and present. But it's crazy to think about that when you die, you see everything. Force ghosting, man. But that also explains how Quagga knew what had happened. True, true, that does. So, uh... I guess uh, I should ask what we always ask. You a fan? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> I've always been a fan, and I always will be a fan, so same here. 
For anyone that's still listening, if you got something out of this, enjoyed the episode, or even liked the character before from a movie, comic, cartoon, hell, even that t-shirt that you saw one time, you're a fan too. If you want to jump on this train, why not subscribe and share with a friend? Dick Rail out. Y'all keep riding them rails.